Welcome back to another episode of Shine Sis Podcast with your hosts, Mary and Candice. Yes, welcome back, guys. And we are excited because we have a lovely guest with us today, Miss Barbara Neely. Um, yes. Who also goes by Barb. So we're just going to call <laughs> you Barb for the rest of the show. But she is the owner and founder of Mama's Brown Sugar, which is a natural skincare line. So we are so excited to hear more information about that. Um, to just, you know, just dig into you and dig into it and just see, you know, how, um, you got that started and everything, but just, just, if you could just give us a little background about yourself to our listeners. Okay. Um, thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Um, I, of course, Barb Neely, um, I'm, uh, uh, no longer a military spouse, but I was military spouse for 20 years, um, married 28 years. I have a 24 year old son, um, and now I'm living in Alabama right now. And I started my business about this year, we'll make eight years ago. And um, it started off as a hobby. And then it just kind of grew into um, a business. Before that, uh, my passion was what, what I thought I wanted to do was go to school for um, to be like a news reporter. But of course, that wasn't the plan. So, <laughs> so of course, uh, here I am. I actually love hiking. I'm actually currently um, doing the Make-A-Wish Foundation fundraising hike, um, and it's going to be 26 miles um, that's coming up in a couple weeks. And nice. then, of course, I just finished a 90-day devotional. Um, I finished that actually last year, and so I'm working on getting that published this year. So uh, that's just a few things that's kind of going on in Barb's world. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. So, so, you know, obviously it's, it's a lot that you just <laughs> listed of things you have going on now. So just uh-huh. kind of to go in the past, you know, if you could just give us an idea of like what kind of obstacles you faced as a military spouse while you were in pursuit of, you know, just accomplishing your, your dreams and following different goals that you may have had. Okay. Um, when I got married, I had no, um, other than working for a recruiter, uh, like the Navy and Army recruiting station, I had no prior military experience. Um, I didn't have anyone that was in my immediate family that had been in the military. So it was all new for me. Um, and so I kind of had always lived at home. So when I moved away, that was like my first time living away from home. So it was a lot of adjustments to get used to. Um, we started out, my husband was enlisted at the time. Um, and then mm-hmm. he got accepted to flight school. So then we went to Fort Rucker, went to flight school. And then from there, um, he was an officer and then that's a whole nother, um, lifestyle, you know, there. And so, um, for me, it was just kind of a, it wasn't really necessarily, it, it had its challenges as far as adapting to a lifestyle that I wasn't familiar with, um, but, you know, I usually make friends pretty easy, but it was just kind of a challenge living away from my family. Um, right. So for me, that was kind of hard. Uh, but for the most part, um, that was one challenge. And then another challenge, of course, is um, is just your identity. As a military spouse, you don't really, I don't want to say you don't have any identity, but mostly it's about the spouse. It's mm-hmm. about what your sponsor's name, social Um, You just kind of get put on the back burner and a lot of spouses kind of lose who they are, you know, and later on in life, they go back to school after the kids have grown up and some never, you know, you just kind of bounce from place to place um, trying to find your place. And, um, you know, and you just kind of 
it, for me, I just was, you know, got tired of the job to job to job every time you move right. or, you know, then it became where I had to stay at home and giving up the career that, you know, a career that maybe I loved. So those are just some things that have been like a challenge for me is the moving, the constant um, changing of jobs. And then, of course, once I became a mother, then just, you know, having to leave that job when I didn't want to leave the job to be at home. Um, and so those are just things that as a military spouse, you face. Now, yeah, how the many sacrifices that we go through alone just is a lot and everyone thinks it's easy, but it's really not. Oh, no. I'm sorry, <laughs> Candice. Not, not easy at all. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Yeah. I was just going to ask how many different bases did you guys go to? Um, we started out Fort Polk. I don't know if you know anything about Fort Polk, Louisiana. Um, it's, it's like the, I don't want to say it's the bottom of the barrel, but it is <laughs> because every <laughs> place that you live outside of that is going to be up. You know, it doesn't matter where it was. And Fort Polk didn't up. Uh, Fort Rucker didn't have that, that much more, but at least there was a little bit more to do there than at Fort um, Polk. Fort Polk, there was nothing there. And so I figured, you know, if our marriage can survive here at Fort Polk, we can pretty much survive anywhere. And uh, so we lived there. We went to uh, Alabama, which was an enterprise. Then we went from there to um, Texas. Or, yeah, so we went from there to Texas. Then we went from there to Germany, Germany back to um, Alabama. So we've been in Alabama three times. And then, of course, uh, I love Germany. I didn't want to leave there, but we left there. And then um, North Carolina was probably my most challenging duty station as a military spouse, as a mother, um, as a daughter. Um, there was a lot going on at that duty station and I could not wait. <laughs> I could not wait to leave there. Um, you know, I had three deaths there. My, both my parents died and my brother all died at that Man. duty station three wow. years apart. Uh, my son was diagnosed with autism there. My husband had three tours to Iraq, which the third tour, he almost died. Um, and then, of course, there was the depression, you know, that set in. And it was just, it was a lot going on there um, at that duty station. Um, my mom came to live with us after my dad died. And she, um, you know, she, he, my dad died of asbestos. So he had asbestos cancer. And of course, she won a lawsuit, um, a huge amount of money. And so she came to live with us and she stayed with us for a while and then she decided she wanted to live out on her own. She never lived out on her own. So it's like, okay, well, let's get you set up. Um, but in the meantime, she met a gentleman uh, and he pursued her once he found out, you know, that she had money. He pursued mm. her and his motives were all wrong. Um, and so from there, he just took control. He took control of her money. You know, she had to ask for everything that she wanted. Um, you know, so that put me in a pretty bad place. Cause my husband at the time was deployed. So I'm, you know, not only I got my son over here to deal with, but now I've got to um, try to manage my mom as well and look out for her best interests, you know? And I thought, you know, my dad died for this money. Why are you just basically letting this man come in and take over your life? It just went on, you know, on and on and on. And then the catapult, I guess, was when they ended up going to Panama and um, he took her on vacation there. She didn't take any shots. And she had a ton of health issues. She shouldn't even gone. And they came back. She got sick, um, apparently, while in transit. You know, she was throwing up and, you know, she shouldn't even flown back. They shouldn't even let her fly. But he told her that she had eaten something, which was right. not the case. Um, I think they'd given her something over there. Uh, she, you know, she was like, I had the worst coffee ever. And I thought, mm, didn't sound right. 
So she got back. Wow. We talked on the phone. The next thing I know, I get a call saying she's in the ambulance. I'm like, how do we get from the phone to the ambulance? She seemed fine. I get to the hospital and she is basically in a coma. Um, she's in a coma and she has a big old, like almost like she'd been struck with something. She had a big old raised um, like blood clot kind of right. like on her, her head. And the doctors were trying to figure it out. And so she, she, you know, when I got there, like I said, she was not conscious, but then all of a sudden she just came out of that state. Um, she jumped up, she started pulling everything out and she said, you know, I've got to go. And then she said, he said, he said, and I was trying to, you know, what happened to you? But I never really got what happened to her, you know, and she never recovered from that. From that, she went to kind of what they call a rehabilitated nursing home where they tried to work with her with her speech, eating. Um, and she just kind of went down to where she couldn't eat. She couldn't swallow. Um, and he would come in when he felt like it and, and see her. But when he would come in, she would be like in a combative state. So I knew something happened to her, mm -hmm. but she was not able to tell me. So every time he was around, she'd fight him, um, you know, and so, you know, fast forward, that went on for like months, back and forth, back and forth. Um, I had to go to court to get an attorney, basically to uh, protect her from him. And, um, you know, because he mm -hmm. basically was trying to end her life um, just so he could gain access to the money. Um, you know, he was putting stuff in her feeding tube and it just, it was, it was a nightmare that I just thought this is like a movie and her case, they, they couldn't tell me what was wrong with her. I mean, her case was the talk of that big hospital at Fort Bragg. I mean, I remember sitting around the table with a panel of specialists at this table, um, wow. talking about brain you know, surgeons and um, pathologists. I mean, everybody was at this table and I thought none of them could tell me what in the world happened to her. Um, so, you know, going to court, my husband came back, you know, he's shot and injured. So now I've got to take care of him, go back and forth to the nursing home. Thank goodness my son wasn't having any issues at the time. So she, she started going downhill and I knew she was not going to recover. My husband came down on orders to go to Texas and um, he said, well, we'll stay here if you want. And I thought, well, you know, if he goes back to Iraq this time, he may not make it back. And she's already, she's not going to get better. So I was finally like, God, if you're not going to heal her, please don't leave her like this. So I remember telling her that um, we were leaving, but I would come back, oh, you know, as often as I could to see her. And I remember, you know, she opened her eyes up really wide and she just cried. It's like she knew exactly what I was saying that I was leaving. And so she ended up going back to the hospital. And then upon that, we were supposed to leave in two weeks and she died a week later. And so... It was just a long journey. That was probably the toughest, and um, you know, also dealing with my son and his autism there once that got diagnosed. So Fort Bragg was just almost like a cursed duty station. If there, you know, I mean, it just felt like there was like some yeah. evil just hovering over that place, you know, because yeah, my husband and I like were in counseling. It was just everything that could go wrong was wrong at that duty station. Um, so. It's just, you know, and I think a lot of that, I think a lot of that affected um, my husband and a lot of the soldiers. I mean, how can you go to Iraq and see what you see and do what you do and come back the same? So each and every time, yeah, you know, they you come can't. back, they're not the same. You can't. You absolutely can't. And the spouses aren't either because they get so accustomed to living on their own and doing things their way. Mm -hmm. So whenever you get the husband or the wife coming back home, trying to find their place in there you know, and maybe trying to restart 
the way they were doing things, that doesn't necessarily work. And it causes friction in the home because you have been doing things, you know, you can't just come in, discipline the kids or do all this, you know, stuff. When I've been here this whole year, I've got my own system. So that kind of, you know, created, um, created issues each time, um, for us, you know, so, um, yeah, it was just, it was a lot. So we ended up in counseling. And so we had the option to either go off posts or on posts. And I said, well, you know what? We could just go right here on posts because guess what? Half of these military families on here are probably just, they're having the same issues and messed up. We're all family. We're going to be right here. There's no sense in going off. So we did counseling um, where they have like the clinics, you know, I don't know, you know, the military, they always find something. So it was like, on, it was in the clinic that we were assigned to. And I never will forget we, the first session was the worst session. Um, and she said it was what they call dirtying or muddying up the water. So they just get it all out. We left there not even speaking. I mean, the door flew open. People were looking at us because there was yelling. He went his way to go back to work or where he's going. I went my way. I got home. My mom was pulling in the driveway and I was bawling. And, um, you know, then so my husband and I really wanted to save our marriage at that time. So we worked through it. Then the counselor looked at him and she's like, you know, she was like, I'm, I'm telling you, there's a crack in the road. And if you're not careful in the sidewalk, basically, like, I see this. <laughs> I see where this is going. And um, mm -hmm. we, you know, we dealt with that. We worked through it. We went on and then we left there and went to Texas. But things just, you know, things were better in Texas. But they still, I think, um, because my husband had been to war so many times, you know, deployed so many times, I think that affected him. And, you know, like I said, it was better there. But uh, it, once we moved here back to Alabama and he retired, it just, it was not. Um, this place was not. I just felt like it was the turn of the end um, for us because, you know, we would have dates and do things and it seemed like it was great, but it just seemed like my husband was not happy to have us here, um, you know, mm. as a family once we arrived here. It was kind of like, well, he was just in an anger state, it seemed like most of the time. Mm. And that just kind of grew from there. And it just was like, okay, well, we've been married 20, too long for this. And, um, you know, just, one day we um, went away to the Gaylord. I'm thinking everything's okay. We come back and we argued about something. And I remember I was like, you know what? This is silly. I'm, I've got orders I need to work on. I'm going to go in here and work on my orders. So I walk out of the room to go into the other room to start working on some of the orders. And he comes in there and he opens up my hand, puts his ring in, closes it up and says, I'm done. And I thought, what are you talking no. about? You're done. <laughs> I like, what do you mean you're done? Um, he's like, I'm done. I'm over this. And then I guess it was maybe a week later, um, we were lying in bed and he was, it was just like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of personality that I was dealing with. And so it was like a week later, it was like, we're not getting a divorce. We're going to work through this. We're not getting, you know, all this stuff. And then once again, it was, he went out of town. He started doing his own thing, staying out late, not coming home all these things, you know, um, that just got to be disrespectful. And when he went out of town yeah. and came back last time, it was like, he went to visit some friends who, I don't know who, maybe they pumped his head up, some prior military friends. And he came back and was like, I'm done. And he started talking about this divorce, like fast forward. Oh, and I'm, I'm going to do this and we'll do this and moving really fast. And I said, you need to slow down because I'm not going to be pushed into decisions of, you know, just like almost like getting pushed in a direction um, 
when we hadn't even talked about anything. So of course I was like devastated. Right. Um, you know, we, I'm thinking, okay, we finally 28 years, we, you know, we're going to have the life we should have as a military spouse. I'm going to get, you know, what I feel like I deserve after moving around all these times, you know, the house stability, staying here in one place. But instead it was just like, you never know what's coming. So I always, and I always told my husband ladder in our marriage, like never say never, I'll never say what I won't do. Um, you know, I said, because if you're put in the, in the wrong place and that's your weakness, then you don't know what you'll do. You can say it all day long, but just don't put yourself in that certain you know situation. But we don't ever know what we'll do. You know, it's easier for us to say that. But um, I just would like avoid that temptation, you know, whatever it is. But it just was like, oh, my gosh, what are you talking about? 28. So I like I said, I was completely devastated and sidetracked. Um, so so what has that transition for you been like, you know, going from obviously being a military spouse and going through the process of a divorce and, and now, you know, just trying to figure out life for yourself now? How has that been? It, you know, it when my husband left, which he left like on our 28th anniversary, um, you know, he moved out that day and I thought, this is crazy. So um, that whole transition, having moved from home to move into this marriage to now having somebody just leave after 28 years, um, it's been, it's been hard. You know, when my husband left, it was really hard. But I'm the kind of person I'm like, okay, well, it's hard. You know, I've got God. Let me pick myself up and move forward, even 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 if it's painful, because you can't just stay and wallow. Um, you can't stay and wallow in your pity. You, regardless, you have to pick yourself up. You know, you have to grieve. You have to go through all. You have to feel all the emotions. You know, the grief of a marriage that's right. lost. So for me. It was like starting over at 20, you know, after 28 years of marriage, that's just like, I'm like, goodness, that's like half my, you know, I'm 52. <laughs> so to be with somebody, you know, that long, I'm like, oh my goodness, you know? So then of course I'm thinking, oh, I'm too old. Nobody's going to want me. I'm, you know, all these crazy feel, you know, things that you get flying around in your head, which is nothing but the enemy. And it's like, well, you know, so just, um, so then it was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? I'm not going to have an insur insurance, all these things that you think about. Because for 28 years, you know, as a military spouse, TRICARE is one of the best top insurances. You don't really need any other. So in working, I never mm -hmm. took any of the insurance, you know. Um, so that was like a, a concern. And then, of course, I worried about um, our son. And I thought, well, you know, he's going to end up ha living with me because I can't just put him out. He, he's staying here. He has nowhere to go. Uh, but my husband only got like one bedroom just for him. So he wasn't really concerned about whether the son had a place to go or not. And so I thought, well, I had to do this. And I can remember being out. I almost got in an accident. I was out so emotional, driving around, trying to look for a place to stay. And I was not paying attention. And I, this car almost like ran and like cut like all the way across um, my lane and almost took like the front end of the car off. But, you know, so... That was hard. The whole move itself, because as a military spouse or family, you don't move yourself, you know, in years. So the last move that we mm -hmm. had, we did have, you know, we had like one move left and we used it when we moved here um, into the place that we were in. And then when we bought our house, we had to do the move ourselves. So we did half and half. We moved some stuff. We had them move. But when I moved into my apartment, you talk about going from an almost 4,000 square foot house to a tiny little 1,200 square foot apartment. You know, my husband's got a boat. We had stuff in storage because we didn't have a lot of storage in our house, even though it was a big house. 
And then, so I had to get a second storage um, and I had to get the stuff out of there in such a hurry that I was just giving stuff away. I mean, I had so much stuff on the streets, just like, okay, well, household stuff, carpets, whatever it is, let's put it out here on the street. I don't have time to worry with it because I had to move it all on my own. Um, my husband didn't help move. So we had movers come in and, you know, take care of all of that. Um, so now I'm in an apartment. So you go from a house to an apartment. So I thought, wow, you know, that's kind of how we started. Cause we thought, well, I can't go back to apartment living it out here. I am, you know, in an apartment. Um, and actually it's, it's peaceful being out of that house. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a challenge because my divorce was final, um, two, well, it's April 1st, my divorce was final. So it was kind of a rushed, everything happened in less than a year. I mean, you know, from the time that my husband said he wanted a divorce to the time where he moved out to the time where we sold our house to the time now that we are divorced, that all happened in less than a year. And so, oh, wow. Yeah, it's been a it's been a huge whirlwind. Well, I guess it kind of shift gears a little bit. You know, I kind of wanted to get more into your business because we want to mm-hmm. focus on you. Yes, and, and yes, and and your shine. Yes, and how you, yes. absolutely. Yes, and have you how you have evolved <laughs> over the years? So we were just wondering, um, you know, so how did how did your passion for creating natural products? come to light? How did this even begin um, to even become just something that you wanted to do? Okay. Um, like I said, I've always loved skin care. And I, crazy enough, I actually learned skin care from my dad. My dad was the one who taught me about taking care of my skin because he nice. would always grill. And, you know, so he, he would always worry about, oh my goodness, I'm out here. This, this smoke's going to have my face all burn up and all this stuff. So he taught me about taking care of my skin. And so my mom used to sell Mary Kay years ago before I even know what Mary Kay was. And fast forward years later at Fort Bragg, I became a consultant. Um, I sold Mary Kay and I loved her model as far as helping other women, because I really love the fact that Mm -hmm. as women, we can empower each other, we can build each other up. So for me, it wasn't even about the makeup. I mean, that was great because then I can get it at half off because I was buying enough of it, but it was about empowering (laughs) and building other women up. Um, you know, and so for me, I can remember uh, there was a woman who she, woman of color, and she had, I don't know what was wrong with her skin, but she, it was real blotchy, almost like she had vitiligo. I don't know if that's what she had, but it was really bad. And as a consultant, you can't touch their okay. face. You're not supposed to touch their face because, you know, you might get sued if you scratch it, all this stuff. So I thought, I don't even care. I'm going to make this woman's face up. So I made her face up. And I remember this woman crying at the end saying she'd never felt this beautiful ever. And so for me, that was like a pivotal moment. Like, you know, this woman really feels great about herself. This is what it's all about. You know, this is just makeup. But I mean, the fact that she feels beautiful, um, you know, and we all want that as women. Um, and so Mary Kay was not, Mary Kay, I believe was the stepping stone to for Mama's Brown Sugar and Mama's Brown Sugar came about uh, because of my grandmother, my mother and my great grandmother. Um, you know, three strong women in my family. And that's how that name came about when I was sitting with my mom while she was sick. And so it started out as a hobby and then it turned into a business once I got to uh, North Carolina. Um, And I still have that same, you know, model as far as like wanting to empower and take care of women, uh, make them feel good. So the product came about basically out of a need. I started creating, when I moved to Alabama, I also, you know, had blotchy 
you know, just, I don't know if it was a change in climate, but my skin looked horrible. And I thought, man, you know, my face is really, and I'm looking rough. You know, I was kind of, well, I shouldn't, I mean, I was looking kind of, you know, starting to age, like around the eyes where we get the dark circles and the bagginess. So I started getting in my kitchen after I, the first things I created was a um, sugar scrub and lip balms. That's all I had um, and body butters. But I was like, okay, well, let me get in here and see what else. So I got in there and I created a, a vitamin C serum and I used it on myself. And a month later, I noticed a drastic difference in the before and after. And so I share that a lot when people are, you know, asking, what do you have for dark circles? So it is like one of my top sellers and I can't keep it in stock um, when I make it. People buy it two and three at a time. And so that's kind of how I um, evolved mainly out of a need for myself. And just because I was tired of all the um, toxins and products that was starting to affect me, you know, my arms would burn from the deodorant. So I was like, well, you know, we, there's got to be a better way. So I was in there trying to figure out all these products. And so for now, I mean, everything from head to toe, I pretty much am, you know, using natural, um, natural products because, you know, that's what's important and um, that's my mission. So I also teach, you know, I don't just, you know, have the product, but I want people to know why this product is, you know, what they're using, what they're putting on their body. So I actually teach other women and men too, because I mean, I sell men products about the ingredients that's in it. This is why you need this deodorant because this deodorant over here has seven toxins in it. And this is what these toxins do. So I want people to not just be like, here's a product that you should use and you should use it because it'll help your face glow. That's not enough. You know, why, what's in this, what actually makes it make your face glow. So, um, so I do do teaching of classes. And then I also teach if people want to learn how to make their product, I do classes as well for that. Mm. So Okay, so, so that's um, kind of you where... say you teach. Um, what mm-hmm. what what self care tips do you have for spouses in general that you can give? I you know I would say self care. I think a lot of times we think like self care for me. Like I started years ago when my son was a baby. Like Sundays and Wednesdays are my pamper days, and on those days it doesn't have to be anything fancy. I just you know it could be bathing, you know, just something that you enjoy doing, reading, whatever. But one thing that I would say as far as self-care tips outside of your norm of pampering, I would say the things that we don't think about is learning the power of no, because that is also a self-care tip Mm. when we can learn to say no, because a lot of times that'll just take you outside of, you know, a lot of things and have chaos going on. So we need to also set up boundaries. Boundaries is another one that I feel like is a self-care tip that we need to do because if you don't, you just allow people to come and invade your space. And now, you know, of course, you've got all this chaos going on again. Um, so that's another one that I would say yeah. that people need Story to. Story of my uh, life. <laughs> right. That is awesome. That is awesome. Saying no and setting boundaries. I need. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know I've been there, done that. It's like for me, it was always hard to say no. I don't want to say no because, oh, this is, you know, I can't say to those people, but. You know, I have realized I can't do everything. I have to say no. Okay, everything doesn't need to. I don't need to do everything. I don't need to have everything in my life at this time. And so I had to set the boundaries and I have to say, learn to say no. And so for me, those self-care tips are important along with, you know, taking time out for yourself. Because as women, we just don't. We don't take enough time. We feel like, you know, as a wife, as a mom, we just were stretched too thin. And we feel guilty for taking time, but it's important that we take time for ourselves because, you know, if we're not good, then nobody else around us is going to be, you know, either. So 
I learned, like I said, from an early age on when my son was a baby to take that time. You know, it may be when he was little, it may not have been that long, but it's like when he's sleeping, okay, I can go in here. It may be a workout that I can do. But I feel like we all have mm-hmm. some time that we can do. Um, it's just kind of how we spend our time. So those are exactly. some of the self-care tips I would give. Yes, well, well thank you for that. So I, I do have one last, well, it's not really a question, but I was going to say if you could just, you know, provide us with, provide the listeners with all your, you know, contact information or anything that you have coming up, any information you want us to know and things just, or any advice you just want to leave for the, okay. for the podcast. Okay. Well, they can um, follow me. Um, of course, I'm on Instagram, Mama's Brown Sugar. I'm also, I have a Facebook page, Mama's Brown Sugar. I also have a couple uh, private skincare groups uh, on Facebook as well. So if they follow on my page, then they, you know, I can also get them to that page as well, where I, excuse me, I teach, you know, inside private classes, you know, and tips. So I do that. And then they also, um, Clubhouse is a big one now. So I'm also on Clubhouse. So they can also, if they're, if they're in Clubhouse, they can also reach out to me on Clubhouse. But I do have several events coming up. Um, one of the events we have, a couple of events here in Huntsville, if people are here in Huntsville on the 24th, there's going to be a relaxed um, kind of a spa event that's going to be going on here in town. Then um, in October, there's going to be an all-day women's um, kind of conference that I'm going to actually be at hosting, you know, vending at. Um, but the big one I'm excited about is in Atlanta. Um, they do this all over every state. Um, and it's the women's conference that they do. They're, they have celebrities there. I actually attended one just as, a, you know, I guess, just kind of going through there as a customer. Um, I didn't set up, but this year I'm actually going to be vending there. And it's two days and they have over, like in a day, they'll have over 2,000 women come through there. And it's uh, the event is usually mm. only about three dollars to get in, and they have celebrities that are on stage speaking at different times. And so this year, I believe they don't have the list out yet, but I did see that they had. I mean, every celebrity you can think of, they had. Um, Kendra was there the year I was there. T. Boz was speaking, you know, um, and then they had uh, Valerie Bertinelli. This year, I think they're going to have um, several of the housewives that are going to be there, um, along with some other uh, guests. The panel's way too many to list, but um, yeah, it's a great. I mean, if, if you know anybody in the Atlanta area, just tell them that because they do hair shows, live hair shows there. There's over 1,200 vendors there, so it's a big event. Mm-hmm. Those are just a couple things that I have going um, coming up, and then I'm also working on um, some branding of my product. Um, so that's going to be coming out soon. I've got some new products, lipsticks coming out, lip glosses that are out, um, primer. So I'm moving more into a lot of the makeup, natural makeup. Um, I've got a lot of the skincare down. So now people are asking for, when are you going to come out with pencils and these things? So now that's, I'm, I'm moving to the makeup side of it now. So a lot of great new products. That's awesome. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so is this what you this is a this is your full-time gig right now this is my full-time you know that's, full-time gig awesome. because I you know I I do the skincare I do the classes um I also people like I said want to learn but I also outside of that I do theme spa parties so I come in if they want to have a Paris party I come in and set the whole party up and then I use my product to do the party so that's another um mm. 
you know, something else that I have attached to that as well. And then I'm working on becoming a licensed um, esthetician so that I can also add that into the business as well, you know, so mold all this together because you need to have multi streams of income. So yes, <laughs> just some other things I'm adding. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, well, Miss Barb, we... you're doing a thing. Yeah. <laughs> fine. I'm telling you, I got to keep pushing. <laughs> well, we definitely thank you for being on our podcast. We appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. Yes. And um, thank you ladies, also... for having me. This has been amazing. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And of we're course. definitely going to check you out. We may have to do an episode where we get to play in some of your uh, products. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like it's easy now being on the on the computer. Everybody's gotten so used to that. So I've kind of gotten I've done a couple Zoom parties. Um, so yeah, that's that would definitely be great. Yeah, so we'll definitely definitely check out your website and go through there. So like I said, we appreciate it so much. Well, thank and you. um when now before we close our show, we always do a, a affirmation. So me and Mary are gonna do our affirmation really quick, if that's okay with you. Yes, I love affirmations, absolutely. <laughs> All right. I am enough. I have the power to create the life I desire. I am worthy of my dreams. I am worthy of my dreams. Whoop, whoop. Yes. It's <laughs> amazing. I love it. And you ladies, please send me your contact information because I would love to send each of you something from my um, product line just to thank you. Um, for having me on your show. So just um, send me your information and I'll get something out for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And like I said, once again, like Candace said, we appreciate you coming on and taking the time out to share, you know, your experience with us. So thank you. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> All right. And remember, Sean says, you got this. Yes, Sean Bright. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 